Welcome to a special edition of Fringe Element here on the 440 Sports Network. My name is Braden Gall, and you can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. Mine's Aaron Dugan. You can follow me on Twitter at the Aaron Dugan or Instagram, Aaron underscore Dugan. Special guest on the pod today, Corey Forrester, com- uh, comedian, well-read comedy tour at Corey R. Forrester, CoreyRyanForrester.com. The well-read podcast. Did I get? Did I miss anything, Corey? How are you? You did. No, you didn't. I love how at the beginning you were like Corey Forster. He's a com- you were like comedian. I'm reading that right. Is that what this is? <laughs> like you stuttered on the one thing I would consider my actual this job. Is, there's You're been like, a misprint. It's because I didn't. <laughs> I wrote everything else down so that I made sure. Really, he's right. not calling himself a comedian. Wait, if he days. doesn't Jesus do Christ. comedy, what does he do? Yeah, does he just kind of exists out in the world. Takes a shirt off. What the? What is this guy? Folks. Folks, if you want to learn how to be a good broadcaster, um, <laughs> always insult your guest right away. It's the best thing you can possibly do is to insult. Your I'm guest. teasing. No, I wrote. See, what's funny, what's ironic <laughs> is I wrote everything down to make sure I got it all correct. And the yeah. one thing I didn't write down was comedian. So, of course, I fucked it up. <laughs> yeah, why it's would that strong. come to your mind when well, thinking? Why would of I need to? There's a lot of people that agree with you right now. They're like, yeah, we don't think of him as that either, for sure. Yeah. Why He's would an any why would any human need to <laughs> write that down? Like why would any human need to write down comedian? Yeah, like, no, no, no. I get it. I get it. All right. Okay. So now that everyone knows who you are and who's our guest and where they can find you, make sure everybody goes to Jasper's, of course, Aaron, because Fringe Element Podcast is brought to you by. I have to do that on this episode. Okay, yes, hold on. Fringe Element is brought to you by Jasper's, the aspiring way to keep you and your loved ones safe. It is the top-notch home security system, and you can get it for just nineteen ninety-nine a month. Corey, this is a sports bar in Nashville. Okay, um, so I can't believe I've not been there and been thrown out. <laughs> yes, yes, there you go. Go to Jasper. <laughs> have a security system. Free parking, great food, great drink specials, especially for the national championship game, of course, coming up on Monday. Which is why we've got you here, Corey, because you're a huge Georgia fan. Go tormented, dogs, baby. Tormented as all Georgia fans tend to be. So let, let, we're going to talk about the game. We're going to talk about what you're doing on Monday night. Uh, we'll, we'll have some fun as usual when you're on the show. But let's, let's go back to New Year's Eve. And, okay. and how, did, how did you consume the game? What were you consuming along with the game? How did you feel going into the game? Get, really give us – get into your mind here on New Year's Eve. So here's where I'm at on New Year's Eve. Now, I'm a huge <laughs> Georgia Bulldogs fan. I'm not saying that I necessarily like Harbaugh as a person, but I am intrigued by him. I remember seeing one time that one of his gimmicks that he does is he likes to uh, eat steak with a big glass of milk. That really humanized him for me. I really like that because I, too, feel like I waffle between being a grown man and a toddler, and nothing really kind of skirts that line quite like a full-grown steak with a baby glass of milk. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I like that. I enjoy this guy. He looks like Shim Beckler. He's old school. I kind of dig him. But now he's playing my Georgia Bulldogs. Now, here's the deal. Obviously, going into that game, we're playing a number two team. We have not had success this year playing a number two team. But – This is not an SEC school. This is not Nick Saban. I was very confident on New Year's. And here's why I was very confident. Because as a Georgia fan, you've said we've been tormented. We have also found our zen. And part of finding our zen is just understanding that if it's not in your control, you can't do anything about it. And the one thing that's not been in a Georgia uh, fan's control is Nick Saban. We've known since the beginning of the year. We we, we went to the, the mountain. We read the prophecy. It didn't say we get beat by Michigan. It says we get beat by Alabama twice. And the only way we can get beat by Alabama twice is if we beat Michigan. So I knew. I saw the clouds part. We're going we're gonna to take Harbaugh, bend him over a rock, because 
our destiny is getting thumped by Nick Saban one more time, baby. So no, I wasn't worried then. I'm worried now. Do <laughs> <laughs> you think that your sentiment, Corey, mimics the rest of the state of Georgia? Do you think everybody's found their zen where no. they are? Or <laughs> no, how's no. everybody else dealing with this? Because I think you might be at a, a little bit of a higher, more, you know, meditative level than the rest of the state. Yeah, no, everybody. See, I don't know. I don't know, though. Georgia fans, you know, we get a lot of grief from a lot of people by being loud and obnoxious, which we certainly are. But one thing we are more than that is self-aware. We're aware that we're loud and obnoxious. We're also aware of exactly no one hates Georgia fans and Star Wars fans are very alike in that. In that if you hear a Georgia fan talk about Georgia and you hear a Star Wars fan talk about Star Wars, you go, wait, it doesn't sound like you actually like these things that you're talking about. <laughs> you seem to be trashing them way more than you're praising them. I thought you were a fan. I am. We suck. That's Georgia. So, you know, I think everyone pretty much is, expects what's going what's gonna to happen, though, is that we're going to look really good in the game. We're going to look really good in the first half. And then Saban's going to, we're going to get a little bit of hope. Everybody's going to forget. It's like when a woman, uh, this is what I've heard. I can't speak for all women, but what I've heard is when a woman gives birth, there's some uh, uh, chemical that goes off in her brain that makes her forget exactly how horrible childbirth was. And if that didn't happen, there's no way she would ever give birth to a second baby. It, <laughs> it makes that pain go away. I think that Georgia has that when Georgia starts playing good in the first half. We forget everything that Nick Saban has done to us through the years. And then the fourth quarter, boom, we're dilated, baby. And here it comes. <laughs> My God. Um, what, so there, Can was I there say any, any of what I just said on yes, this podcast? Yes, there's no, you can say there's, whatever you yeah, want yeah, to. There's, there's no, I've already, I think I've already cussed a few times. Here, was there any celebration at all? Did you have any moment on Friday evening, like going into New Year's, clinking glasses, saying, you know what? Second national championship game in four years, like, you just you just go right immediately to uh, God damn it, Nick Saban. Like that's the only it wasn't even it wasn't even that. Like I'll be honest with you, like it it wasn't really that good of a game. We beat Michigan handily, you know, and that's what I like. I don't as a fan in when I'm watching Georgia, when I'm watching the Tennessee Titans, I never. Everybody's like, well, I just hope it's a good game. I'm like, I don't. I want to turn this off at halftime. Is what I want. I never want a game that my team's involved in to be a good game. I either want us to beat the crap out of them, or if it's going to go the other way, them to beat the crap out of us. I don't want to have to be sitting there watching my team for three and a half hours because I'm an anxiety riddled person, you know? So New Year's, I was very happy. I was like, look, we're beating them. I can kind of half pay attention. I mean, I had it on the whole time, but I had my computer. I was writing a little story, doing my thing. Um, but no, see, I don't really, um, I don't really party anymore. It's not really my thing. So you know, I was excited. Hey, we got the game out of the way, and now I can turn on and, and catch up on Yellowstone until the ball drops, and then go to bed. Yeah, I was in. I was in bed at ten thirty-five Central Time. That's what's up. It's, it's bad. It was bad. Aaron was partying, but not, uh, yeah. Not a well, listen, Aaron, Aaron, Aaron. I called her Aaron I don't know how Aaron. That's, but, but Aaron, <laughs> that's my <laughs> nickname. It's a Freudian slip. Aaron's a, Aaron's a party girl. We all get it. She's a big influencer. Oh, really on Instagram. not. She's got to go. She's got to go out. She's got to take a picture with the glasses with the two and the two and the whatever. And you know, I get it. Seriously, get Corey, it. you just turn on me like that. Uh, you call, you called me. You know why this category. is about? Because you called me an influencer at the beginning of the podcast. That's what this is about. Well, you're wearing red lipstick. What am I supposed to think? <laughs> it's Kool-Aid. Oh, it's Kool-Aid. That's way better. And for the record. So you're an oh, eight-year-old influencer. I say, I wish. That's the demographic you want. They spend money. The eight-year-olds, they have. <laughs> they do. <laughs> they've have, got all the disposable income. I, no, I have, the target market. 
I, I have a five-year-old daughter. She does, in fact, spend all of my money. There's no question I, about that. I should say this. <laughs> I use the word Kool-Aid like many people use Kleenex when they mean tissue. You know what I'm saying? It's not actually Kool-Aid. It's the uh, it's Red whatever stuff. the whatever the no-calorie squeeze gimmick is that you put in the water. Mio or one of them. I just call okay. it Kool-Aid. So, like, so it's, it's the purple. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean, it's still kind of childish, but not like I'm not <laughs> I'm not Burt Kreischer in it drinking like a gallon of sugar. Well, that's the first thing I thought of when I saw your Kool-Aid dyed lips, but hopefully you're not. I know that you're a little more fitness oriented than that. So surely you're not just chugging 47 grams of sugar. I feel like Bert works out more than I do to hear yeah, but, him tell it. He just eats way more than I do. And then he drinks like 14 beers and then like yeah, runs right. four and miles. I'll, it's like you did yeah, not my, break even. No. And my relationship with alcohol has changed. So that's good. Well, I, I have I, I want to have you on again so we can discuss all the plot holes in Yellowstone. Um, but we can do Yo, that. please. We, we Season four is full of them. We, we can do we can do another another episode of that. Um, so I'll throw course of the week then building up, knowing full well that your destiny is to be beheaded, um, sacrificed at the altar of Sabin. What what is what are conversations like? Because you're you said not everybody is like that in Georgia, like Georgia fans are not, not everybody's like that. I'm sure there's one out there that has hope. So what are, what are conversations like with your, with your family, your friends, other dogs fans, where you're just like the complete cynic and the realist who's like, no, this is what's going to happen. What is that like? Well, well, I shouldn't say that I'm a complete cynic. Cause I'm not, when they're saying those things, I'm not looking at them going, y'all are idiots. We're going to look, I just tend to not, I, like I, you know, I know, like I, I pay attention to all our best players, and I, my fandom is is what it is. But it's gotten a little. I've, I've tried to separate myself a little bit from it, like most of my fans, because at a certain point, I realized it's like I, I had two realizations last year. One is I would go on stage, and if I had a kind of a bad set, you know, depending on, let's say there was a drunk person in the front that ruined it for everybody, yada yada, it would ruin my like week. And then I, at one point, I go, dude, you got to stop letting 300 drunk people determine whether or not you have a good night. You can't do that. And the same thing happened with me when I go, dude, you cannot let 18 year old boys <laughs> decide what your temperament for the weekend is going to be. Cause I've got buddies who like, we're talking, I'm one of my buddies grown man. When we lost to Alabama a couple years ago, he kicked a keg and broke his foot. <laughs> and like, and and he still does, finds no fault in that. He's like, well, I was mad. Why wouldn't I be mad? We lost the game. <laughs> so I've gotten a little bit better. Now, here's because here's what I want. This this maybe sounds sacrilegious to everybody that's a college football fan. I want us to win. That way I never have to care again. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> because I can live off one. I can if seeing a national championship when I'm 34 years old, I can live off that the rest of my life. And how do I know? Because I know people who saw us win it in 1980 who are still living off that, baby. So, like, I can do it. So, if we win this one time, I don't have to care anymore. I go, ah, hey, we got it. I saw it. It's over. You, you pop the YouTube in, take a big drag off of it. You're good for another 12, 12 months. Uh, that's it, dude. Tennessee <laughs> fans have lasted a while. Tennessee fans have lasted five five years off that freaking catch. You know what I'm saying? And, they, they, and that that's that true. was just one game. They've lasted like so. The, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, Three decades off the last national championship. I do think Georgia fans, and I find this fascinating because I do think there's less crazy with Georgia because you said you know, kicked the keg, broke his foot. Well, that's not a shotgun fight. Like that's right. what Alabama fans do when they're right. you know when they're angry after they lose. It's like people die. Like I, so, I do think that part of what makes Georgia, you could argue, the best job in the SEC, the best job in America, maybe is that there's, there, there seems to be like Georgia gets to a certain level of crazy, but then they stop themselves 
from like getting yeah. to Alabama and Tennessee. It's yeah, but you could also use that as an allegory to exactly how they play the game. Georgia, <laughs> Georgia, for my whole life has gotten to a certain point, but they can never seem to get where Alabama is. Do you understand what I'm saying? So oh, yes, the fans yeah. comes the to the fans, cost. The fans act exactly like the team does. It was the same thing. Now, you know, Kirby Smart's a little <laughs> bit different, but Rick always going to go to the SEC championship. You know what I'm saying? Always going to win 11 games a year or 10 back then, 10 games a year, I guess, but could never, you, Georgia always stays just good enough to where no one can leave. You know what I'm saying? Like, no one would blame a Tennessee fan if after Fulmer left, if they stuck it out till now, no one would blame a Tennessee fan for going, you know what, man? I can't take it. I just can't take this shit. Everybody'd be like, you know what? Go ahead. Go be an old Miss fan. Do whatever you got to do. But Georgia, you can't arguably leave because we're always good. We're just not good enough. So, really, what you should have said to the guy who broke his foot is, why didn't you kill somebody? Yeah. Why didn't you throw the keg? Why didn't you hit me in the head with the keg and kill me? Yeah. So I could be through with this. (laughs) Yeah. I do feel like game day, Georgia is pretty crazy, like present in the game. But I think that it's not, it doesn't seep into every aspect of life and just dominate Twitter with craziness like Alabama does. It's pretty crazy on site. Well, Alabama is the is the media like the, it's like the the incel white boy on Reddit of football. Like they're just <laughs> they're just so used to getting their way and everything that they throw a tantrum whenever one thing bad happens. You know what I'm saying? Like Alabama fans are so spoiled, but at the same time, I still like if you're out there and you've been an Alabama fan your whole life, and I've got buddies who have because I live here where I can be in Alabama in 30 minutes and Tennessee in 10 minutes. You know, I'm right there in that tri-state area. So I do know people who've been Alabama fans, died in the wool since they were born. And I, I have a lot of respect for them because they went through a period of time when Alabama wasn't even allowed to go to bowl games. You know what I mean? Like Alabama couldn't achieve anything, and now here they are. But there are a lot of people who jumped over, you know, as soon as Saban got there. And those people are the worst human beings that have ever lived. You know what I mean? Like those people are just that what what like 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 they're the uh, uh, go see the manager people when someone like forgets to put a taco in their bag or something. Now it's the world like this person should be fine. Like that's they're the them of college football. And I hate them. The Karen. Yes. I'm sorry. I couldn't think of the. I couldn't think of the word. Um, but yeah, they they they've had everything. And Georgia fans are just kind of like the ones in the back of the line, like, yeah, man, sometimes you order something, sometimes they give you something else. Eat the shit. I don't know what to tell you. Life sucks, you know? Like, did like did it still cost four dollars? Who cares? Nobody, it don't matter. Um, you 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 sound very self-aware. You, I try. you, you speak as a fan being sort of elevated above the fray. Um, all these all these things. <laughs> All these things. Do you think that changes at 8 p.m. Eastern time on Monday evening? Do, do you yeah, think it, all that shit goes out the window? It's going to be a little different for me because it, I'll be watching it at 5 p.m. because I'll be in L.A. Um, and that'll be right before I, I – like, it's going to be a weird day for me because we've got some stuff to film that day, and I'm trying to fit a national championship into that. And, like, I'm more of a – I'm more of a professional comedian than I am a Georgia fan. Do you know what I mean? Like, I like if if there's something we got to do and I'm gonna have to miss the first half, I will. I'm not gonna go. Sorry, guys, this is my team and they're in the national championship. I'm gonna go. Well, that doesn't really matter to the crew. I've got to do my thing. <laughs> so it also then, makes you, know, you no money. Yeah, for sure. Well, right. no, and now I will say this: everybody on the crew knows that I'm a Georgia fan and absolutely has brought up like, hey, we can 
we can make it work. And I'm like, and they will, cause they're cool and everything will be fine. But I'm just like, I don't want anybody to uh, ruin their day to make mine better. You know what I'm saying? If it happens to work out for all of us, that's great. But I will, yeah, I'll be with Trey. It'll be five o'clock. I haven't really drank in a long time, but I guarantee, I know Trey. I know how Trey, <laughs> yeah. for those of you that don't know Trey Crowder, he's going to be sitting there. He's like, man, dude. Come on, Come on, dude. That foot man, watching football ain't the same way. I might, man, I'm going to have a beer. Does it bother you if I have a beer? I'm like, no, it's not going to bother me if you have a beer. Okay, well, I'm going to get two just in case. But what, you know, so I'll probably, I'll probably end up having a couple beers during the game for sure. And if we win, I will, if we win, I will go insane. But if we lose, I'll be mad for 10 minutes. And here's what my buddy Rocky Dell Davis, who's a comedian, y'all might know him, Rocky will call me. Rocky will start cutting promo after promo after promo. He's been texting me all week. This is what he does. He texts me all week. and He's like, hey, man, I just want to go ahead and give you an early congratulations. I know this is y'all's time. The dogs are going to pull it off. He does that all week just so I can't say anything to him. And then when they win, he calls, man, y'all suck, blah, 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 blah. So I'll deal with that for 10 minutes, and then I'll be fine. Corey, if you had – so, you know, if anyone has followed you on social media or knows anything about you, they know that you're trying to teach valuable lessons to people predominantly across the South that may or may not help humanity, um, <laughs> who's to say. But if you had the, if you had the attention at half – if the halftime show was Corey Forrester. Oh, man. Georgia, Alabama, and you get to get on a stage and teach – something to the crowd because this is your this is your target market or attempted oh my god what would you teach what would you do oh my lord damn you've really put me on the spot what so like so like the gimmick <laughs> the gimmick is I, like i've got the whole what is it third like 15 you have the whole 20 bible minutes. belt essentially just oh. just scream the words democracy and vaccination <laughs> just over and over again i guess it would be that yeah it would be, it would be hey guys uh, I sound like you and I got vaccinated and nothing bad <laughs> happened afterwards. I'd probably just open with that and then really would, get their attention. Yeah. And then I would probably start, start at that. I'd, I'd have to fit a lot of my stuff in because I also have other values that are close to my heart, such as I'd be going, listen, guys, I totally understand that people want to get back to the time when movies were 90 minutes long. I totally understand that. I get it. You've got to pee. You've got your kids. You're at the theater and you've been sitting there a long time. I get that. However, there is no way that you can make Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness a 90-minute movie. It's just going to have to be three hours, and you guys are going to have to accept that. There's way too much to unpack here, and I know that all y'all don't want to sit here and do part one and then wait for part two. Nobody liked it when it was Harry Potter. They should have just made the movie four and a half goddamn hours long, so that's what we're going to have to do. Sometimes you're going to have to accept that a big-budget thing like this can't be put into a series on Disney+, Plus because it's box office, and if we're going to unpack all that stuff... It has to be three hours long. I'm sorry. And if you don't like it, wait till they put it on fucking streaming and watch it at your house where you can pee every five minutes. You old lady. I would say that. And then I would probably say Black Lives Matter, get vaccinated. Yeah, these are the I'm glad you prioritize the <laughs> prioritize the issues. <laughs> So you got to racism last. Got them no, all, all prioritized. I, <laughs> I knew it. I knew that y'all brought me here to set me up to cancel me. I'm just kidding. I know. <laughs> well, I, you would have already canceled yourself by now if that was going to happen. <laughs> if well, it was even possible to do. Yeah. yeah. What's funny though is because you talk about street. Like I don't, I don't go to movies, but we, we watch just unlimited amounts of television of course yeah right but like i don't like going to games as much anymore either and yeah. I get, i'm like i'm basically like the guy that dr rick is talking to in the commercials 
where yeah. they're like, we all see the blue hair and blue. Like we, like I'm the guy, my wife is like, Oh, there you are again on TV. Cause I'm mm-hmm. like where, where they park at the, outside the stadium and they're walking in and he goes, so I think we're going to leave about the third quarter. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. We, why don't we stop going? I point is I love being at home to watch games. I want to be at home to watch the movie. I want to control the environment. Like, do you actually love going to sporting events or do you actually like it better in a small padded room with like a TV? I, I like it better in at home, honestly. <laughs> I really do. Like, and I figured that out because I went to a couple games and I was privileged enough to be able to sit in a box. And I was like, oh, this is a way you can do both. This is the best of both worlds. You're at the game, but you're in a house. You know, this is awesome. Um, but what I used to do was like I would go to Athens for the weekend for honestly every weekend. No, even if they were playing away, I would still just go to Athens because there were still tailgates happening. I always like to tailgate outside the stadium, but then when everybody else went in, I'd just stay because number one, when I was younger, you just go steal everybody leave their cooler. You know what I mean? So you just go, you just go get beer. There's a hot dog laying out. You don't know how long it's been laying out, but eat the hot dog. But I would but I only went in like I mean, I've been into more games, but the three, I think the last three games that I find that I actually decided, okay, I'm going to go in for this. This is how lucky of a person I am. Those three games were the Florida Georgia game when Mark Rick sent all the players on the field to celebrate the touchdown. Um, The, the first blackout Georgia game when we wore the black jerseys, I was in there for that. And the LSU Georgia 42 to 45 Mettenberger Stafford shootout. I was there for that. So like I the times I do decide, I'm just I'm gonna waltz in here. It's always great. I honestly should go to the game Monday. Something awesome will happen. Well, it's well, it's although it's not quite the same as Los Angeles being in like 38 degrees in Indianapolis. Uh it, what's weird is it, I'm curious yeah. what the I'm curious what the crowd will be like because you know, we talked about this on, on the episode this week with um, with Godfrey that Alabama fans are sort of just reached the point where they're like, yeah, we'll catch it next year. Yeah. Like, oh, we'll get it. We, we went to one five years ago. We missed this one. Yeah. We're going to go to this one. Uh, do, you, do you expect Georgia fans to dominate the crowd because of that situation? Georgia has always traveled well. So I, I don't know. Uh, maybe. And I don't know why we travel well. Maybe there's maybe if you looked at it like there's just more money in the alumni at Georgia and so they can afford to travel I have no idea but yeah I definitely uh probably if I'm an Alabama fan I'm thinking that I'm going yeah I've I've been to one or I'll go to the next one or I've been to five god it's just something else man like I just it's great though I love it you know it's college football ain't like I like watching NFL better but I like living college better if that makes sense definitely does who who are the most obnoxious entertainers, comedian or musician, actor, whoever, just people that you you kind of know in the sphere of influence you've got? Who are the most obnoxious Alabama fans? Well, Rocky Dell Davis for sure. Uh, my boy Conrad Thompson, that a lot of people know from his podcast Empire, uh, the Ad Free Shows Network, which that this is actually yeah, I still got my background up. This is the show I host on there. Uh, plug. Um, He's he's an Alabama fan and he's obnoxious by try, he 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 does this gimmick where he pretends to not be obnoxious and be oh above all that stuff but he's doing it on purpose as a bit so it comes do you understand what I'm saying like he he'll oh, oh you know I was going to I you know I know you've probably been getting a lot of Alabama fans text you but I would never do that because see I'm I'm used to it when we win 10 you know 10 championships in a row it that sort of thing becomes beneath you and I'm like you get how this is worse right yeah, yeah, yeah. you get how 
you, you're being more smug right now. Um, so then other than that, I don't know a lot of Alabama fans in the comedy world. Comedians have always tended to like most comedians I know, like especially from the New York era, like Mets fans, Jets fans. Comedians always tend to root for teams that don't historically do well and everybody else hates because i think comedians identify with that you know what i'm saying they're like oh everybody shits on them that's my team i'm gonna be them so alabama doesn't really fit that mold yep well Corey, it seems like this kind of off topic but seems like even if if georgia doesn't go well your wife's been enjoying watching tv she doesn't really have to deal with wins or losses when she's watching pete davidson (laughs) yeah no that's true my wife's actually a florida fan too Ooh, I don't think what, I knew that. What's yeah, she gonna, that what, how does she handle uh, Monday evening then? She, and then we'll get uh, back well, to Pete Davidson. I won't be here. And then here. how does she handle Pete? Yeah, I won't be here, so I don't know what she'll do. But I'll be honest with you. My wife, actually, I think is probably a bigger college football fan than I am. Like, she definitely – like, if I have something else that I ha- – like, I will, miss, I will miss a Georgia game if, like, I have – like, if I told somebody I was going to do their podcast and I was like, oh, no, I didn't realize there was the Georgia game then, I'm not going to – Tell them, sorry, I'm not doing the pop, do the podcast. My wife, however, like if Florida's on, she's like, no, well, I don't care. She would cancel her birth, giving birth to watch Florida play. <laughs> who, who, who is she rooting for in the SEC championship game? She'll be pulling for Georgia because she loves me. And she hates Alabama. Like as a Florida fan, she hates Alabama more right. than she hates Georgia. Well, I don't know. I Because see, I hate Florida more than I hate Alabama, I think. Ooh. Yeah. And I tell my wife that, but she's sweet. She's like, that's fine. I just don't, I can't, I can't put myself there. I don't hate y'all as much. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're beneath us. Um, Do you, does she love Florida more or Pete Davidson more? Pete Davidson right now, because Pete's never hurt her. You know what I mean? Like Florida's hurt her a lot this year. Florida sucks. And, uh, and Pete Davidson, she loves him so much. Like she, my, my wife has been like, a Pete Davidson stand since like he he was old enough for her to enjoy him physically. Legally. I'll say that <laughs> legally. Yeah. And so she's actually kind of like, she's mad. It's kind of like how I was talking about earlier. Like you that it's old trendy school, now that it's trendy now with your old school Alabama fans and your new Alabama. She's like, Oh, so, Oh, Oh, so now, now all y'all like Pete Davidson because it's clear to everyone that he's insane. Okay. All right. I've been liking Pete Davidson since before any of that. And she has like, she's always loved him. I've been a fan too. And, and, and I, and I love that my wife loves Pete Davidson. Here's why Pete is not a conventionally, conventionally attractive person. He is, but, and, and, and because women like, I go, yes, see, exactly. You don't have to look like Brad Pitt for everybody's like, I don't understand. What is it about Pete Davidson? I was like, well, first off, he's not, you're acting like he's a leper. He's not ugly. He's also really tall, really charming, really funny, and, and really rich. My freaking God, why wouldn't anyone want to be with this guy? You, you left off the most important one, but we'll leave that uh, for another conversation. Big um, winner? <laughs> listen. Uh, I think of, that's implied. King of Staten Island uh, was it's great. Fantastic movie. And I, I do want to ask you about sort of like comedy and because like you went through a whole lot during the pandemic and like every entertainer, musician or otherwise went went through a lot of all this stuff and I, I've, I'm starting to see a lot of the, the content that's like really deep inside people's heads coming out now, like whether it's a record, whether it's a comedy bit, whether it's a movie, you're starting to see a lot of that stuff. So I, 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 I don't know if, if you, you're, you're obviously a different person today than when you went into the pandemic. So I don't know what, Huge. not to, not to end this conversation in a super serious note, but no, but, that's great. I don't care. Way to go, um, Braden. I'm that's just, cool. I'm just curious what you've seen 
from your industry coming out of this and now that people are sort of back doing stuff again? I think you hit on it. It's a, a lot more like people are more into authenticity now. And like people, I think it's like they've, the entertainment business has always said that that's what they want, but really it's not. Oh, we just want someone to be authentic. And then they get that authentic person and they strip away everything that made them authentic. And they go, no, 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 we meant this one thing about you. And then we're going to turn that up. But I do think that, um, because of the pandemic and every single piece of entertainment that people were putting out was just them shooting themselves in their home. There was no other thing to do. And because of it, people started being a lot more open about things like, Oh, this is who this person really is. And then at a certain point, everybody's like, Oh wait, you're not, you're the product you're selling is yourself. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Oh, I can just be me. And I think because of that and because of how popular podcasts have become, in the past several years, which every, I think y'all know this as podcasters with television shows. The thing was, you got to reach the broadest audience, but with podcasts, it's actually, you got to reach the niche audience. The more niche your podcast, actually the more successful it can be because you hit this thing and people go, Oh my God, I mean, I'm into exactly that. And I didn't know that there was a thing that was exactly that. That is specifically for me. And I think entertainers are starting to realize like be exactly yourself and alienating things can actually be a good thing because then you get a more diehard fan. You might not have as many fans, but you like, you might only have 10,000 fans. Whereas if you did the popular thing, you'd have 250,000 fans, but those 250,000 fans are passive fans. The 10,000 you have are diehard will buy and watch anything you do because you are them. So I think authenticity has really uh, been at the forefront in the past three years. And I love seeing that trend because we get, there's going to be a lot more failures in, as far as TV shows go, but we're also going to see more experimental, really great things like your WandaVisions and your like people are starting to take swings is what I'm saying. Yeah. So that was a real long winded. No, that was a good, that was a good note to end on. Basically <laughs> Vanderbilt football. Yeah. Oh, yeah, exactly. Easy, exactly. Easy. Exactly. Golly. Corey, man, uh, no you gotta, you gotta, I, I don't, I don't give a shit about predictions. So uh, I already know how you feel about what's going to happen on Monday night. I am like most all Americans rooting for your Georgia Bulldogs. Alabama by uh, Alabama by nine. Okay. We both took Georgia. No, we, I got Georgia winning the whole thing. So sorry. So what's the spread? So you know, Georgia by three right now. <laughs> yeah. I'm taking Alabama all day in that. I want to I'm not, I never bet against us, but I might. Uh, yeah. Once it went from two and a half to three, I might've put a few bones down on, uh, yeah. on Alabama. Yeah. Um, well, Corey, yeah. please explain to us how crazy you do go if Georgia wins. We'd like to hear details yeah. as long as they're I'll, appropriate. I can't decide because I'll be with Trey, who is a Tennessee fan. And I'm, I'm, you know me, I'm a nice person by nature. I won't want to rub it in too much. I don't know. I think I, I think I will like do some like uh, in place dancing for at least a minute. And then I'll get winded and I'll be like, OK. And then I'll be like, all right. Uh, what scene are we in right now? We got to get back to, uh, <laughs> we, you know, that that will determine how the second half of what we're filming looks if we win or if we lose. Right. Well, well, I think uh, the fact that that is the situation is because you busted your ass. You guys are super talented. You put yourselves in a position to be successful. And now you get to go like maybe miss the Georgia game because you're just like so successful. So like, there what are you, you going to do. There you have it, buddy. <laughs> um, thank you so much for hanging out. Tell everybody, by the way, give us all the stuff like where, where can people find you? Where can they they listen and watch? Oh and yeah, and your subscription service. Oh yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. So I'm on. Uh, if you Google me, Google Corey Ryan Forster, all the socials will pop up. But the thing that I'm pushing the most right now is it's called CoreyWritesForYou.com. It's a newsletter slash blog where I do uh, I, every week. Now the thing I'm doing is a thing called This Week in Southern History, where I take an event that happened 
you guessed it, this week in Southern history. And I sort of break it down with a little comedic uh, twist. Uh, you get audio versions if you pay for the $5 uh, tier of that. But I, I tell everybody this, if you if you can't afford the $5 tier because of you're on strike or you're out of work or Christmas was rough, you can just email me at buttercreamcory at gmail.com and I'll comp you a subscription, no questions asked, because whatever. There's plenty of people that subscribe that will make up for you not. So I don't care. Awesome. Because whatever. Awesome. Yeah, Instagram, Twitter, podcast, comedy tour, all that great stuff. Uh, we, yeah. really, we really appreciate it, man. Thank you so much. Best of luck on Monday night because you'll have a lot of things to do with it. Um, of course, Aaron Dugan, where can people find you? Uh, Aaron underscore Dugan on Instagram and the Aaron Dugan on Twitter. Where she does all of her influencing. Uh, special thanks to uh. Jaspers, of course, <laughs> for supporting the program. Go to Jaspers, free parking, I'll great happy it. hour specials, uh, all the great food and drinks for the championship game. Uh, that's where you should go watch the game. My name is Braden Gall. You can follow me on Twitter at Braden Gall. Thank you guys all for listening. Please share the product. This has been the Fringe Element Podcast here on the 440 Sports Network. Go dogs. Go dogs. <laughs>